Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 91 of Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for listening, and a special welcome to all you first-time listeners out there. Glad you found us. My guest today is a tango DJ who also happens to be a sound engineer. He makes his own high-quality transfers from shellacs whenever he can obtain them, and he DJs at the Magic Roundabout Milongas located near Bristol in the UK. Okay, and with me now is Paul Strudwick. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. Great to have you on the show. Thanks, Joe, and thanks for the invitation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Paul, uh, take us back perhaps to the beginning of your tango journey. How, how did you fall in love with this dance? Uh, well, um, a friend of mine was already dancing it, mm-hmm. and she had told me that it was the most uh, amazing, magical thing and that uh, you couldn't possibly explain it to somebody who hadn't done it. (laughs) So eventually I was tempted into doing it, and I went to my first lesson, which was, you know, I was really kind of terrified because uh, I'm English, and (laughs) we don't do dancing, and we certainly don't do close embrace. (laughs) (laughs) And um, the first lesson was actually straight into close embrace. Mm. And... Uh, I was just completely blown away that you could have this, you know, this connection with somebody else and really get a sense of their personality. And I was also blown away by the the music because, Mm. uh, I mean, I'm a sound engineer and uh, I've listened to music and played things since I was, you know, a kid. Mm -hmm. And I'd never come across this stuff. Yeah. I, I came across to Sali and I was like, wow, this, this, is, this is amazing. This kind of beautiful orchestral sound, but with rhythm mm-hmm. and with these kind of nice, simple, almost pop song structures. So the whole thing really just grabbed me by the throat, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you said you're a, you're a sound engineer. Are you also a musician yourself? Uh, I've never really called myself a musician. Uh, I've, I've attempted to play things. And I've done a bit of like pop song writing, but I never learned to read music. So, I, you know, I can't call myself a musician, I don't think. I see. I, see. I just have an ear for it, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think it's really fortunate that the tango community has someone like you with your engineering background also uh, working as a DJ. So how did you get into DJing in the first place? Probably the same route as so many DJs. You know, you just start off playing a bit of music at a practica Mm -hmm. or, you know, DJing somebody's party. And then at some point you think, well, maybe I could run a (laughs) Malonga. I I never really planned it. It just kind of evolved. And all of a sudden I found myself doing a monthly Malonga initially in Bristol. Nice. In the UK, and then uh, I've I've actually split into two locations now. So uh, uh, I'm running one uh, monthly in the Forest of Dean in the UK, where uh, I live, and and that's kind of uh, that's a place for people to dance who already dance, but it's also we're we're trying to encourage people into the scene and nice. uh, uh, giving them a platform to to experience them longer for the first time. Mm-hmm very low key kind of way. And then the other one is uh, near Chippenham, which is uh, kind of more in the middle of England and it's a bit bigger. And that only happens every three months. And uh, I don't necessarily DJ that. I also invite people. Uh, so like, well, my, my partner, Bevel Rooker, yes. uh, DJs a lot that event with me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we've also had uh, Michael Lavocca and uh, Teresa Faust, uh, David Thomas, who's another well-known DJ from the UK. Excellent. So it's all about kind of providing something, you know, of a, of a kind of high quality for people. And as you, as you kind of spotted, I'm picky about the sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yes, the, the process of transferring shellacs, because I remember you mentioning you would like to uh, transfer shellacs is to a digital format, is it? Yes. I started buying CDs mm-hmm. when I liked Tango Music. And I listened to them and I thought, well, you know, I know these are kind of lifted from old records, Mm -hmm. but they sound even worse than that. (laughs) (laughs) And I could hear that, you know, there were things going on um, that had been done, I don't know, maybe in the 70s or 80s, where they'd added reverb to things and compressed stuff. And and I thought, well, I don't really like that. I'd like to get back to the original stuff. And, and see what it sounds like and i thought I, I didn't know if it was possible uh so i just started uh, looking around and i managed to get hold of a few uh tango shellacs mm. and um played them on my just domestic record player yeah and i thought well this, this sounds pretty rough but there, there, there's a quality to the music here mm-hmm. that, that is really nice and so then i just started experimenting really <clears throat> um and uh, trying to refine the process so that I could get better quality out of the grooves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now I've got it to a stage where, you know, I can get better results than the CDs were, certainly. Nice. It takes a while. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. But it's, you know, I, I, I just love the results. It's, it's so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's like, it's as close as you can get to being in the room with the orchestra when they played. Mm. You know, when you get a really good quality shellac and, and you sit there and listen to it and you you can hear, the you know, the sound of the room itself. Okay. And it, it's just amazing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. So, so when you played that, those shellacs on your record player, uh, did it, did it still have all those, those scratches on it? Just like, like, like we hear in the other recordings? Yes. And, and my first attempts were really pretty poor. Okay. Um, from that point of view. So then I started looking into ways of, of getting better results out of that. And uh, of course that costs money. Yeah, right. <laughs> everything, everything costs money. Mm. Um, but uh, now I can play a record. If, if the record's in reasonable quality, mm-hmm. then, and it's reasonably clean, okay. then you're still going to get a bit of crackle from the surface of the record because they, they, they had this kind of, uh, uh, they were designed to wear down the steel needles. Mm. So that's what you're hearing is the roughness of the surface. I see. Um, but you can now take that out with, with software. You can quite easily remove the crackles. Mm. Um, and then, you, you know, it's still not, it's not completely perfect. And it's always a compromise between taking out the stuff you don't want and losing the stuff that you do want. Right. And that's kind of what takes the time, really, is is trying to find the balance between those two things mm-hmm. and then equalizing it so that it sounds correct. But the results are, you know, well worth the effort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So how do you even find the shellacs? It's really just talking to people and looking on the Internet and getting lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was very lucky uh, a few years back when I found 
this guy who's really actually only about 20 miles from me mm. and he deals in shellacs oh wow and at that point he just bought somebody's collection of 60,000 shellacs wow and this turned out to be a guy who used to work for the tax office here in the uk <laughs> and in his spare time he was a record reviewer oh. so and he went back to the 20s Mm. So he'd been sent all this stuff and had obviously just played it like once and then put it away. And here in the UK, Odeon released a series of uh, tango records. So they had about 200 releases of uh, Argentine tango. And uh, this guy had quite a few of those in absolutely pristine condition. So oh, it was okay. just amazing to get hold of those. Yeah. <laughs> so which albums or orchestras did you come across? The, the Odeon Tango is uh, Canaro and uh, Fiapo and, well, various other stuff that was on Odeon, basically. But, sure. Um, it seems that um, Francisco Canaro made, you know, a big enough name to be heard here mm -hmm. in the UK. The other orchestras I'd love to find didn't seem to get here. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it was mostly Francisco Canaro, mm -hmm. but also R Roberto Fiapo. There's okay. a few releases and just, well, odd things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great that you're able to get some of these old songs and restore them to a really, really good good quality at your Malangas. That's that's great. Yeah, I think um it's not it's not just for my own enjoyment. I, mm -hmm. I know that I, I've got the background to listen to things and understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, so if I go into a longer and, and it sounds really terrible, then I can generally figure out why. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people don't do that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people aren't even necessarily aware that the sound isn't very good. Right. They'll go into a longer and they'll maybe not have a great night. And they'll go home and they'll think, oh, maybe I wasn't in the right mood or maybe just couldn't find the right dance partners or whatever. But I think, you know, having the music in a decent quality is, is just so important to creating the right atmosphere and allowing people to dance better because mm -hmm. it just reduces the amount of processing our poor brains have to do. If they're trying to interpret badly reproduced music, it's just another level of processing that has to be done. Yeah. Whereas if the music's really clear mm -hmm. and sounds, you know, the instruments, you know, like the violins sound like violins, then your brain goes, that's a violin. I know mm. what that is. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I, I think it's important. I, I think, you know, I, I pay a lot of attention to it. Yeah. Yes, I imagine just you having a more finely trained ear to these and also in the process of transferring the shellacs. You've had a chance to listen to these tangos over and over again, and you must have gained quite a bit of insight about the recording processes that existed during the time. What can you tell us about that? I think um, my first reaction, mm -hmm. um, when I got hold of the, the 20 stuff that I was just talking about, <clears throat> mm -hmm. I sat there and listened to it, and I just went, how on earth did they do this in 1928 <laughs> in Argentina? Mm -hmm. Just amazing <clears throat> that they could get a balance of the orchestra with, you know, with very limited facilities. I mean, right. I, I was funnily enough looking just yesterday to try and find out when the first sound mixer was built, mm -hmm. which doesn't seem to be very well documented. But uh, I think initially 
when when they first had electrical recording in about 1926 mm -hmm. um they only still had one microphone right uh, so you've still got to move stuff around to get the balance <laughs> of the orchestra right yeah and then it's cut direct to the record mm. so you know you you know there's no processing there's no computer software that you can mess around multi-track overdub or any of that right you know, they all had to play it at once and it went straight into the record so you know you, you, you've got to be on on top of your game to be able to do that really right. um which of course all these orchestras were because they mm. were playing all the time so they really had that that tightness that you get in in a bunch of musicians who have played Mm -hmm. uh, every night of the week for the last five years right. yeah it's it's just stunning it really is yeah yeah that's just something that i um yeah i didn't really think about till recently like wow you know they, don't, they didn't have the the fancy studios that we have today because chances are like you said they had the whole orchestra had to play at once you couldn't get the piano and then the bandoneon and then edit them in post they didn't really have any of that back then did they no, that's right. It all had to be done at once. And if they got it wrong, well, that was that, that disc went in the bin and then you start again. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's truly impressive when you start thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. But it's also amazing that, you know, I mean, once again, you know, yesterday I was playing a couple of records and I was looking at one of them and going, this thing is 90 years old. Mm -hmm. and it still works. <laughs> amazing wow yeah <laughs> yeah it really makes you appreciate the music that much more i imagine it does yeah i mean in some cases you mm. know um i've got hold of a record of an orchestra that i haven't particularly been into before and then i've played the shellac and just gone oh wow now mm. i get this uh, you know it really was like drawing back the curtains mm. <laughs> Yeah. And, and suddenly understanding what was going on with this mm -hmm. music. Yeah, yeah. It's just amazing. Really, yeah. really interesting. Great. <clears throat> and I, I think um, uh, one of the orchestras I found difficult when I first started was uh, Troilo. And I've come to the conclusion that although the music is complex, it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, and the problem I was having with it was the way it's been transferred which yeah. gives it this kind of down a telephone quality. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, because I, I do have a number of Troilo songs that I love, and unfortunately, the versions that I have, yeah, like you said, sound like they're being played over the phone, yeah. Yeah, and they really poke you in the ear, which mm -hmm. actually isn't how that orchestra sounds. Yeah. Really... yeah, so Paul, while you are in the midst of DJing at a Malanga, uh, when organizing your tandas, do you have a conscious strategy or is this something that comes, that's very intuitive to you? I think it's much more intuitive. That There's kind of, let me think, that there's a, a structure to the way it's prepared. Mm -hmm. um, so, for instance, you know, the my music library is very well tagged. Mm -hmm. So if I look at a file, I've got the information about that file, like... Mm -hmm when it was recorded and obviously who the orchestra is right. but who the singer is and all that kind of stuff so you know you can easily look at, at the sound files and and go okay well 
you know that if i do that that's going to be mixing singers or you know mixing styles or uh-huh. whatever mixing different years and i tend to stay away from doing that most of the time Mm-hmm. So there is a kind of structure that I fit into. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, most of the time I, I make the tanders up as I go along. Mm-hmm. And it's just a kind of, um, I, I don't actually know how this bit works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a feeling. And, and it, it's funny. That, I mean, you can obviously sit there and go, okay, well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to do that and we're going to do that. And mm-hmm. you, you can create a, a sequence of music which will work really nicely in your malonga but i found that the 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 times when i've enjoyed it the most is when i really just force myself to sit there and go look let's not think about this Mm -hmm. let's just let it play Mm -hmm. you know let the tanders that are playing at the moment let them roll and and then wait for something to say we need the sally next or you know Mm -hmm. whatever and it's quite hard to do that because sometimes it gets a bit close to the point where you're running out of music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of have to really force yourself to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, the, when I've done that, I've really enjoyed it and mm-hmm. I felt that it has mm-hmm. produced a better result mm-hmm. than trying to think it. But as I say, I don't exactly know how that process works. Mm-hmm. I mean, people talk about getting something back from the people, mm-hmm. which... Yeah, I don't have a scientific explanation for that. Right. Um, I, there's something about it because certainly, I mean, if you sit there as a DJ and play to an empty room, that is really hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if you've got like three people in there, mm-hmm. uh, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, but if you've got a lot of people, you know, even well, even 20 people is enough. But if you've got a bunch of people together and they're reacting to what you're playing, and you can tell they're enjoying it and you can tell that you can go in this direction mm-hmm. or maybe you can tell that, you know, that 20s tander that you really love is not the place to put this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So that there is some kind of sort of feedback loop between mm-hmm. the DJ and the dancers um, right. that, that um, affects the, the structure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the choice. Right, right. Another thing I wanted to, to, to sort of pick your brain about is you know, how you can go to different malangas that are DJed by two different people. Um, one of them will just feel really smooth and the music will flow very nicely. There's a really great energy. And then there'll be another one where, as we said before, we're not really feeling it. Um, but yet I'm still hearing the same music, you know, the Darienzos, the, the Desarles, all the songs that I love, yet somehow the energy is, is a little bit different. And yeah, that's just something I've never been able to quite put my finger on. One of the most important choices you're going to make as a DJ mm-hmm. is the Cortinas. Ah. And you can really affect the mood of your milonga according to the Cortinas that you play. Okay. And you can really take that from way high down to people want to go and kill themselves, depending <laughs> on... <laughs> you can really do that. And it's, it's interesting mm-hmm. that, that, that that little bit of music in between the tanders really affects people um so that's one thing you're going to pick up on uh yeah it it does matter how how it's put together so you, you, I, I mean i personally i tend to like to give the songs a bit of space i see so, so i you know if a song finishes i want to have a few seconds silence before the next one starts mm. um, 
but that's just you know that that's my opinion and i know that other djs don't do that mm-hmm. um and and sometimes that's <clears throat> by accident mm-hmm. um but sometimes it's also a conscious decision that they you know they want to really take the energy up and so they're going to bang these tracks together there's not going to be any silence it's going to be more like your kind of radio dj pumping it out you know and right, yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it, it's interesting how these little bits in between the songs actually affect how it comes across mm. and also things like you know obvious stuff like the songs should all sound kind of similarly balanced Mm-hmm. So if you've got bad transfers with no bass and then the next song in the tender has got loads of bass, mm-hmm. then it affects the way you react to it. And uh, if they're all different levels in volume, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of annoying. <laughs> right, right. Um, and once again, you know, this, <clears throat> I uh, obviously spot this kind of stuff, but <clears throat> you may not directly spot it as a mm-hmm. dancer, but it will annoy you. Mm-hmm. or make you feel that things aren't quite right somehow it's and it becomes more of a subconscious thing maybe yeah it's it's all there to be played with and explored i think yeah. <laughs> and then of course uh, yeah I, but at the end of the day different djs everybody plays the same music right um so it is a good question mm-hmm. it's like well why you know why do you have a dj because we're all playing the same music so why can't we just bung a load of playlists together and and won't that work um Mm. but for some reason it doesn't really work does it right Um, yeah yeah there's something about uh, having somebody human putting the stuff together yeah that really makes a difference to it i think Yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so paul as a matter of personal taste what are some songs or orchestras that you don't particularly care for at the moment? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a snapshot. Okay. <laughs> right, right. I I have noticed that uh, my taste is changing over time. Mm-hmm. And when I first got into tango, the things that really, really grabbed me mm-hmm. were the stuff from the twenties. And I know that's, uh, some people don't even play that at all mm-hmm. um, but for some reason i really you know i really am driven by that stuff and then the stuff from the 30s also the very rhythmic things um you know i, I guess i'm a simple guy so i'm liking the simple stuff mm-hmm. um, over time that is developing and i'm kind of getting into the newer things and the more complex stuff so mm-hmm. I'm kind of digging around in the forties now okay. um, and I'm really enjoying the complexity mm-hmm. of, uh, of some of the orchestras in the forties, mm-hmm. um, but I'm still not really at the fifties yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, let, let's leave Desali out of it because basically as far as I can tell, pretty much everything he did was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and Darienzo, well, you've got Darienzo because, you know, he, he goes right through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some, some of the stuff uh, from the 50s is less appealing to me, but, um, you know, I'm getting into it. Biagi mm-hmm. um, Duval mm-hmm. is a really nice flavor. I, I, you know, I'm really loving that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's about opening your ears and finding out, like, like all music is... Uh, is somebody i kind of look at at it as um 
music is somebody trying to say something mm -hmm. and whether you understand what they're saying or not mm -hmm. is kind of up to you yeah, yeah. <laughs> because obviously all this stuff is out there and the orchestras that recorded it at the time you mm -hmm. know somebody there liked it mm -hmm. and understood it and there were people there are people now who understand it and who dance to it and really like that one end of the spectrum or the other mm -hmm. so i'm constantly listening and going okay what what is this saying to me is it saying anything to me if it's not saying anything to me you know can i can i understand what it's about at least and then it, it's an evolving process i think yeah well there's there's so many lovely orchestras i i, I don't know um i i love i love the stuff that typical victor do mm -hmm, um, yes I love Dasali, mm -hmm. I love Darienzo, um, you know, Canaro has his moments. <laughs> <laughs> Up to a certain point, you know, um, and then, you know, kind of the 40s Canaro is like, well, mm -hmm. he's, he's lost his way a bit there. Um, and, mm -hmm. and occasionally I play the stuff with electric organ in and people go, oh, my God, what are you doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> So are you still discovering tango songs that you've never heard before? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just within my own library. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes sometimes you may have listened to it before and it hasn't really grabbed you. Mm -hmm. um, but other times I find things that are just in there that I didn't know were there. Uh, that's, that's one of the beautiful things about tango, really, is that as as a dj uh, you know listening to the music as you know as just somebody listening to the music there's always more mm -hmm. to find and discover and there's uh, that works as a dancer too there's there's always more out there to to listen to and as as you kind of develop as a dancer you'll find that okay mm -hmm. i didn't used to be able to particular music but now i can and mm -hmm. um, so it's it's a it's a uh, sort of never-ending journey really right yeah <laughs> yeah fascinating yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so paul this has been a lot of fun so how do we find out more about you online online um my website for the malongas that i run and there's some information about the dj sets i'm doing and that is www.magicroundabout.eu .eu. okay um, and uh, yes, and also on Facebook, you've got a very interesting uh, Facebook page. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, the, the tango now playing in, in my head. Yes, um, I I had this idea. Um, <clears throat> this was going back a few years, mm -hmm. um, and I kept waking up, uh, or you know, just wandering about, and then suddenly this this tango song would start playing in my head, and <laughs> I'd have the tune of some song, but especially then. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't know what it was mm -hmm. so i'd spend a lot of time digging around through my mm -hmm. <laughs> through my music library and online just trying to find out what this tune was mm -hmm. and i kind of thought well this might be an amusing little thing to do for me and my friends so i started a facebook group um mm -hmm. just in case anybody else out there had this same problem mm -hmm. and um and then it just went crazy yeah nice <laughs> so yeah. now it's about i think eight and a half thousand people are in it that's great um which mm -hmm. for such a funny little idea is, yeah. is you know it's quite amusing yeah the tango now playing in my head is and yeah, yeah that, the that's the one yeah, yeah. <laughs> great great
Okay, Paul, well, thank you again so much for your time and for uh, telling us about your experiences with uh, the shellacs and, and what to listen for in these tango orchestras. That's, uh, that's, really, that's really great. I'm really glad you took the time to, to chat with me. It's been a pleasure, Joe. Thank you. Uh, likewise. And yeah, next time I'm in the UK, I'll definitely look you up. Now, you are, is it near Bristol? Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, thanks again. Well, we'll keep in touch. And if I'm uh, ever in, in, the, in your neck of the woods, I'll definitely come look you up. Yeah, please do, Joe. Please do. All right. Take care. And you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay. That was fun. Paul brought up a lot of interesting stuff. I liked what he said about sound quality. So even though we're all fans of tango music at Milongas, the quality of the music matters. Now, we all know that most classic tango music is going to sound scratchy and kind of old, but our subconscious will still be able to pick out the better quality recordings. And poor quality sound, even if it doesn't register right away, will affect our dancing. I also really liked what Paul said about appreciating the history of tango music from a technological standpoint. Keep in mind, recording studios back in the day probably had only one microphone in which to record an entire tango orchestra, and the musicians had to get it right in one take. If they screwed up, they'd have to start the song all over again. They couldn't do any fancy digital editing like we can today. I mean, the laptop I'm using to edit these podcasts on probably has more versatility than an entire recording studio from the 20s would have. So the sound quality of these original tango recordings is very impressive given the limitations of the time period in which they were created. And I also like Paul's thoughts on how a tango DJ affects the overall feel of a milonga. Even though DJs all pretty much play the same familiar tango songs, there's just something about the chosen order of the tandas, the cortinas, and some kind of individual style of the DJ that can mean the difference between an enjoyable or not so enjoyable atmosphere. Interesting stuff. So thank you again, Paul, for your time and for sharing your thoughts. And thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there to choose from, and it's awesome that you took time out of your day to listen to this one. I am incredibly grateful. If you're enjoying the show, please take a quick moment to visit iTunes, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting platform you're using. Subscribe if you haven't already, and please leave a five-star rating and review. That helps out a lot. To help keep the podcast going, I'm also accepting donations through PayPal. There's a link in the description and also one on the podcast website. Thanks for your support. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.